another episode of the Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer. Frank Cartari. And I was stupid sick. That's why last week's episodes did not happen. That scheduling kind of Christmas didn't help too. So and You're then like, eh, and then the to off. add into it, I was just bedridden from yeah. Monday to Friday, and that was just not good. Yeah. So Merry Christmas to me there. Uh, whatever. It's not a sob story. I don't care. Um, it happened. Whatever. Sorry, we didn't get any episodes out there for you. And people are just probably like, uh, who are you guys again? Yeah, well, I'm still sorry, okay? It's the Canadian <laughs> in me that apologizes all the time, okay? I'm not going to say anything else because that's very true. I mean, I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> anyway, we've missed a lot. Uh, yeah, a lot's gone, gone a on. A lot's gone on, and it starts, obviously, the Bills season is over. It's done. Six and ten. Yeah. Picking yeah. ninth overall. Yeah. And actually, the funny thing was, with all the games that happened outside of the Bills game yesterday, the best the Bills could have done is seventh. You want to trade what happened for a loss to move two up two spots? spots? No. Nah. No. You could trade a fifth-round pick and go up two spots if you really want to, okay? With the way this season has gone and with what they're – They needed to end on a high note – not just for Kyle. Yeah. But for the team. And what worth do they have trying to get a good pick? There's really not much for it because it's a defensive line heavy draft. Yeah. You know what's gonna happen? And they, they got yeah, they got their QB. Do you wanna know what's gonna happen? The best available player is gonna fall to them. And you know what happens mm-hmm. when you do that? You hit. Yeah. On your pick. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's a defensive tackle or if it's a defensive end. I don't care because yeah. that means that the best available player has fallen to you. Yeah, because there are going to be there's going to be a team that picks a quarterback in the top ten. It's gonna happen. The Bills may very well trade out of that pick to a team that is gonna draft that quarterback. You never know. You never know. You never know what's gonna happen there. The, and I think no matter what, the, no matter what, the Bills are in a good spot right away. They're in picking the draft. In the top ten. Yeah, they're in the top ten. What can we possibly be mad about? Answer. What, that you wanted to get up to five because you want to get this guy? Honestly, you want to know what I'm mad about? Josh Allen had to leave us on that. Yeah. I want more. Yeah. He left a a five-touchdown note. There was an up-and-down game with him, though. I mean, he threw a pick six to bring Miami back to within a tie of the game. He wasn't as accurate as, say, like the Detroit game. But here's the strangest thing about completion percentage, Frank. He had a 62% completion percentage. And even I would say it wasn't his best passing game. But what did the dude do? He once again became the entire offense Mm -hmm. and left you with five total touchdowns. That 30-yard run was great. 30-yard run was great. And then there was, you know, honestly, the play to set up the first touchdown, the floater to Chris Ivey. Yep, I was just thinking of that. That was one of the most impressive throws he had. And what it, what it was was he created space to make something happen, realized what he had, yep. and put touch on it. Yep. And that's one of Allen's bigger weaknesses is touch. Mm-hmm. But we've seen it now several points during the season. There was one pass to Jason Kroon where it was a nice touch Couple pass to ago, yeah. seal it against the Lions. Yep. There was the Robert Foster touchdown yep. with touch pass there. And then this one to Chris Ivory, where he just floats it to him, and Ivory's got all day. Yep. And then Logan Thomas killed a guy. Oh, did he ever. 
That was a fierce block. Mm-hmm. The strangest part about that block was how clean it was. Oh, my God, yeah. He tucks the elbow shoulder to shoulder. It's just the velocity and size difference that really made that hit so much worse. Because there is a size difference, and Logan Thomas is sprinting mm-hmm. to get that block in front of Chris Ivory. Funny thing is, is, I think Thomas should have went for the guy behind him who actually made the tackle. Because I think Ivory would have beaten that corner probably yeah. physically into the end zone. Mm-hmm. Did it matter? There was a one-yard sneak. No, it didn't matter. But one-yard sneak with Kyle Williams out there as the fullback. Yes, as the ultimate decoy. Yeah. But my big thing was with that hit, I'm not going to say anything about it because it was clean. It the was size a differential. Play. The yeah. size differential and the velocity is what made that yeah. terrifyingly. That's one of those. Ouch. It's one of those big hits that people say. Is incident that the game is that the NFL is trying to take out, and the same thing as hockey. But it's one of those game. It's one of those hits where it's a big hit and it's a clean hit. It was a clean hit, and the refs. That's knew the that. big thing. That's the that's the thing that people never talk about when they say you know the games are getting. Would soft. I have? Would it's, you have blamed the refs for throwing a flag on that hit? No, because of the speed. Yes. How fast that was to see that in real time, and then slow motion goes ahead and confirms. It was shoulder on shoulder, yeah. which is impressive for Logan Thomas, who is 6'5". Yeah. He literally just ran the guy over. That's it. But he didn't tuck his head. He didn't hit a head. Yep. He didn't really even – I wouldn't say he blindsided him. He blindsided him. The guy didn't see that coming. Who did? No really? One, yeah, no one saw that coming. Who was really going to see that coming? But the reason I have to talk about this hit is because, well, something else happened. Keiko Alonso. Right, that that's what that's where I was going at too. And there's where your intent is. You, is. You com- it's where you you can compare the two. Thomas goes for a hit that, you know, he wants to make a block on a play. Yes. And I know there were sour grapes about it from Miami fans, and that's why I feel the need to talk about that hit. But the thing was, is that Thomas was not intending on. He was intending on putting a big block on. Don't get me wrong. He was looking to get some hit on there. It wasn't an intent to injure. It wasn't intent to injure, though. And he didn't, it was, he didn't target. He didn't target the head. Yes. Alonzo, I think he missed. Oh, he oh, oh he whiffed. He wanted oh, it. Oh, yeah, he did. He Absolutely. You can, you can see it, and he just whiffed on it. You can tell he wanted it. And that's the problem that I have. I'm glad that the Bills responded the way they did. Mm-hmm. And... Kiko Alonso should not get the benefit of the doubt anymore. No. He doesn't deserve it. No. The guy has That's done true. this several times now. We saw it last year. You saw it last year with a very similar hit, very similar Flacco. dive Yeah, on Joe Flacco. Yep. The only difference was that Flacco did not have a guy behind him dragging him down from behind. Yeah. Allen did. Yep. If that guy's not there, I don't know if Alonso misses by much. I think he probably nails him. He might, he might have nailed him. Yeah. I'm glad to see the Bills responded the way they did, though, in that game. Mm-hmm. And the team in kind responded. Yeah. Because what happened after that? Whitewash. Oh, my God, yeah. The Bills took a game that they were up 14 nothing, deservedly. It suddenly became tied because they forgot to play football for a minute. Mm-hmm. And then, well, the wheels came off. Three and out for Miami. 
that drive that eventually that hit is thrown. Mm-hmm. While I would like to see Kiko Alonso get suspended for that, I don't know if he does. He did get ejected, which is going to be warrant for reviewing. Yes. But I don't know if he actually gets suspended. Because he didn't get suspended for the Flacco hit. No. Which I don't, was I don't stupid. S- yeah. How do you I not? Maybe now because he's a repeat offender. This isn't the NHL, though. They I don't know. do as well with this. Yeah, that's the thing. That's why I say maybe. Oh, my I, God. I'm actually using the NHL as a standard for success and, I know, su- right? and suspensions for head hits. Yeah, really. What the hell? I'm thinking he's probably going to get fined. Yeah, he's absolutely going to get fined but because that's he got it. ejected. But that's it. But that's it. I, think I don't that's... expect him to get suspended. I, should he? Yes. Will yeah. he? No. I think, do you think if this was more in the middle of the year, he would get suspended? Nope. I think this is if he actually made contact with the head, he would have gotten suspended. Okay. If he actually cracked well, them. Well, he kind of did with his foot, but no. If he actually if he <laughs> cracked them? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, if he did crack them, oh, yeah. I think that's that's it. Also, I don't know if the Bills win that game. It's true. Ah, probably. Miami's terrible. Yeah. Now, looking back on everything, though, Frank, and, like, I don't need to take too much time on this game. The last thing I need to say is how well they handled this Kyle Williams thing. Did they do it to try to get some fans in the seats? Maybe. To convince Kyle Williams that they wanted to make it his day. However, they maximized it. Oh yeah. They not only they not only brought the attention there, and yes, some fans that would not have gone to this game absolutely were there for that. Mm-hmm. But even if that was their intent. I'm not even sure that it entirely was. Even if it was just for trying to get more people in the seats and get a little hype for this game that meant nothing in Week 17, you couldn't have done it any better. That's good PR. That's the thing is that they didn't they didn't mess this up. Yeah. They really went all out on this, and I think that that's where the success is in this. And that's why I'm not going to go ahead and say anything cynical about it because it was fantastic how it was handled, how Coach McDermott knew how to handle it. Yep. He literally kneeled out the rest of a possession so that he can bring Kyle Williams onto the field and off of it one last time. Yep. Kyle Williams caught a pass. Kyle Williams caught a pass. By the way, decoying the fullback on Allen's first uh, touchdown. Yeah, like you, the team executed the whole thing perfectly. You, you really can't. It's really hard. Okay, I know you got. Okay, you got something. Let me hear it real quick. Go ahead. I have two jokes. Okay. Okay. On that pass play. Sure. One joke. Well, one's not a joke, more so than an observation. On how far Josh Allen's come this season. We've seen him miss that pass. Ooh yeah. If he airmails that thing, that's gonna look so bad. He did that in training camp. Yeah. He airmailed a ball on an outlet pass. He hit Kyle Williams in stride on the numbers. Is it a slow, slower-moving target? Yeah. But he still hit him in stride on the numbers. Yeah. Second, and here's joke time. <laughs> I have a feeling I know where this is going. Kyle Williams has some pretty good hands. <laughs> he caught that thing and ran with it in stride. One, that's fantastic for a defensive tackle. Two, it reminds me a lot of the Jay Cutler interception that he had when they faced the Bears. Yeah. Caught it pretty much the same way, right in the breadbasket. And three, here's your jokey joke time. 
should have been out there on the field instead of Kelvin Benjamin. Ooh, there, there it is. There's there what it I was is. waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. But we couldn't have executed that play yeah. any better. Like, and and Sean McDermott after the game goes, I had no doubt he was going to catch that. Yeah, I didn't either because I saw that. Inter- I I rewatched that interception against Jay Cutler, and he <laughs> he can catch. The guy can do some things, and everyone says how much of an athletic marvel Kyle Williams is off the football field. Mm-hmm. So it really wasn't a surprise, but at the same time, you watch him and you go, dude caught that thing in stride. Mm-hmm. It was unfortunate, though, to see a defensive tackle have a stiff arm fail on him. Yeah. I would have thought that, but, you know, more mass like that, he would have been able to fend someone off. But he's not a natural runner, so of course it's not going to happen that way. Yeah. I would have liked to see him actually gotten one point in a fantasy league. Well, one yard short. Well, PPR he gets one. PPR he gets yeah. a point. But... Like Kyle Williams, catch for nine yards. I was, if he doesn't, like, if he manages to actually successfully stiff arm that, 20 yards actually is not out of the question, even for a defensive tackle, how much room there is. I know, was. right? But they executed yesterday perfect. It, it, as I said, it was just really good PR by the team. They made the day about Kyle Williams. Everyone wants, wanted to go to see his last game. And then the team responded oh. by having him, and McDermott responds by having him out there really as much as he could. You know, to a point, you know, not obviously he couldn't have, have him out there all offense too. Obviously he can't do that. But to have him out, just to have him out there at certain points in the game, you know, the only thing that would have made it better is he, he scored a touchdown. That would have been the only thing, but he did that last year. I would honestly say even getting a sack, he had a quiet day. Yeah. Three tackles, one for a loss, and defensively that was it. Um, It was a quiet day for his standards even this year. But everything went as it should have for him, I guess I should say. And you kicked Miami's butt in the final game of Kyle Williams' career. You blast a division rival. Kyle Williams gets to go out with that – with that kind of butt-kicking game. Yes. And it wasn't a loss. So you don't have to chalk the Kyle Williams game up to a loss. Yep. And it was fun to watch. Um, that's the other thing. And it showed, and it how many games? Too, how many games in the middle of the season were just dreadful on your eyes? A lot. A lot of them. Yes, most like of them involved the not Josh Allen. Yeah. But at the same time, it was exactly that. My biggest thing, though, and – Again, they did a great job with Kyle Williams. My big thing, though, is the rookies stole the show. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds were fantastic. They were. Shaq Lawson had probably his best game as a Bill. Mm -hmm. The youth decided, hey, Kyle, on your last game, we're going to take over. And they did. They took over. Tremaine Edmonds, 12 tackles, had an interception. He was originally credited with the fumble recovery. On Shaq Lawson's forced fumble. As the new leader of the defense. Josh Allen, five touchdowns. Robert Foster catching a touchdown on a back shoulder throw that was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Zay Jones had one too. Zay Jones with 93 yards and a pair of TDs. Was it two TDs? I think it was two TDs for him. I think it was two, Yeah, yeah. I think it was two touchdowns there again. Zay Jones ending the season on a bright note. Yep. 
I mean, heck, even Shady did. Shady he got, got in the end zone. Yeah. Like, everything that had to go right did in this game for them, even though there was a bad end of the second quarter. This was the game that you wanted for him. Yeah. And for the team to end on a high note. And, real quick, I got something better. Uh, I got a tweet up from Tim Graham of The Athletic. Looks like Kyle Williams will play in the Pro Bowl. NFL hasn't announced it, but with Titans D tackle Jarrell Casey on IR, Williams is next up. That's right. As long as he passes his exit physical, he's good to go for the Pro Bowl. And he will. And that's good because he said if he gets the call about it, he will represent the Bills one last time. So Kyle Williams will play in the Pro Bowl. Good. Good. Yeah. And look, now this Bills team, it's about what goes on from here. Yeah. Now it's what's next. But in review, I would say this Bills season was exactly what everyone thought it would be. Mm-hmm. You weren't making the playoffs. It's about Josh Allen. Did he look better in the second half of the season? Absolutely. Coming back from the injury, he was a far different player. Gone were the games of 80 yards passing. Getting shut out. Mm-hmm. Your only touchdown coming on a running play. The guy actually really took steps in the right direction. Now we'll now we got to see if he can continue that in the offseason. Does he have a lot able to, to do? Work, and the team will be able to give him more and start to build build more around him. Josh Allen alone. Does he have more work to do? You better bet. Oh yeah. But He's Are you made, also encouraged by what you see, what you have seen? You're encouraged by what you saw out of him and what he and what the future holds for him. And he's making the management's life a lot easier this offseason. He's making management's life a lot easier, but also got to remember, he did all that with that cast. Yeah. That's why I said, like, easier. Like, he did all that the with num- one we- of the worst rosters in the league on offense. We have the number one goal for the Bills this offseason. Build around him. And that's the next task. You have a good defense. You have some pieces on offense. I would say this season, we've now gone up to four players that you're keeping around. Yeah. From this year to next, as a guarantee. Mm-hmm. Allen, Deion Dawkins, yep. Zay Jones, Robert Foster. and Robert Foster. Yep. Those are your guys that you're keeping around for next season. Are Jones and Foster guaranteed to be starters? No. No. But they're guaranteed around. You have a lot of work to do. Yeah. But I cannot stress enough how nice it must be to go out on that note offensively. Now you don't have to worry about a quarterback. You got your guy. The important part is, yeah, they played Miami's defense. Well, they showed them that they were bad. Josh Allen... Showed a bad defense, you're bad. That's a big thing. That's important to me. Yep. Because what if he puts up a dud against Miami? They win like 24 to 17. Or they win like 17 14 or Mm -hmm. something like that. Well, guess what? That kind of makes me discouraged going into the season. Yeah. Am I saying Josh Allen's going to be the franchise guy now? No, but you know what I am? I'm not calling him. I'm pretty much writing him off as a bust. Yeah, you're feeling good. I'm feeling good, and I'm 
I'm not going to go ahead and say I'm worried about the quarterback right now. Year two is important. Yep. Year two is very important. All right, Frank. We'll talk more on the Bills, and we'll get. We've got. We've got a Bills plenty season. of off season. Yes. To talk I, about the Bills and get ready for the draft, and we will use. We'll dedicate a whole show on a Bills season recap. Actually. Yeah. So. Now. The playoffs, they start. Yep. Should we get the stupid thing out of the way? How do sure. we do in our week seventeen? Well, we never did one. We never did one. That's right, we because we were out. We weren't here. Mercy. So, and I haven't had time to calculate everything. Good. So, that can wait until Friday. All right, so what do we got here in wild card round? Let's take a look and let's talk about each of these games while we do pick them. Okay. Because it is going to be interesting to look at this first round and really see what happens there. While you look that up, a lot of coaches hitting the chopping block. Yep. So, we saw... Adam Gase, Miami, getting Adam fired. Gase Vance Joseph. Denver. Marv, Marvin Lewis. Cincinnati finally pulling finally. the trigger on Marvin Lewis. Steve Wilkes in Arizona. Yep. That one, oh, what a bad hire that was. Yeah. He just seemed like he was in over his head the whole yep. year. And that, that offense is just bad. The offensive line was just terrible. You need There's a lot of work to be done in Arizona for Josh yeah. Rosen. Yeah. Like, there's work to do in Buffalo. There's a lot more in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And then Dirk uh, Dirk Cotter in Tampa, yep. Cincinnati. Yep. If you fire Marvin Lewis just to bring Hugh Jackson as your head coach, your organization deserves whatever folly follows them. Oh, yeah. Do the fa- this is so bad for their fans, though. Yep. I have a soft spot for Cincy. They helped us get into the playoffs last year. So I will never be mad at the Bengals ever for the history of forever unless they beat us in the playoffs. Or they beat us to stop us from going to the playoffs. That's more likely to happen than them beating us in the playoffs. Yes. Now, my big thing is this. Cincinnati, you are a clown show if you hire Hugh Jackson. That is all that needs to be said there. Uh, The Dolphins. Looking at Patriots offense, uh, Patriots defensive coordinator uh, Flores, right? I think that's the name there. Yeah, Brian Flores. Yeah. Sure, have fun with another Patriots coordinator. By the way, because that's that's worked so well for many teams in the league. You know, when you hire someone out of New England, and next thing you know, they become a great coach in this league. Has that happened yet? I don't think so. Have Patriots coordinators that have been hired away from New England won a playoff game, Frank? I have no idea. That's how bad it is Mm -hmm. that you don't know right off the top of your head. So go ahead. Waste your time there. Josh McDaniels is going to be considered for another job. Sure, go for that after he left Indy at the altar, and look how well Indy turned out with Frank Reich. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. One of the hottest, the hot, probably the, one of the hottest teams in the league going into the playoffs. Probably coach of the year, the way he turned that oh team around. Oh, my God, yeah. Easily. Started off one in five. Yeah. They meet the him playoffs. And, him and Nagy are yeah. going to be the top two. So, it just, sure, go ahead, hire a Patriots coordinator. Back to my main point there. Because that's worked so well for so many teams. 
think Notre Dame is going ahead and saying, oh, yeah, Charlie Weiss was a fantastic guy as a as a head coach. Yeah. And that's college level, man. Yeah, I know. All right. Wild card weekend is upon us. Yep. Let's start in the AFC. Let's start in the AFC. The third-seeded Houston Texans take on the sixth-seeded Indianapolis Colts. It's an AFC South matchup, which means all bets are off. Yeah. The Colts beat the Texans, ending their winning streak. Yep. They split the season series. This means Houston is in danger of a one-and-done again. And you know what? I think it happens. I'm I do. Going Indy. Like I, Indy is hot. They are. They're oh, dangerous. They're scorching. They're scorching, and this is an offensive duel that you're going to see and be impressed with. And this is exactly what the NFL could want right now. Yeah. For their first game. First game, and it's Luck versus Watson. It's Luck versus Watson. How, how marketable is that? That's fantastic. T.Y. Hilton, Deshaun, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, marketable. Yeah. Marketable, and it's going to be a shame that one of these teams loses. Mm-hmm. The AFC South may have two teams in this, but they're both well represented, I think. Yeah. If the Titans so. made it, it's kind of like a bleh. Yeah, because it's because what they're boring. Mariota's and Mariota is has injured. problems also, feeling his arm. Yeah, and then you that would have meant Blaine Gabbert could have started. Why Marcus Mariota was not put on injury reserve this year, I will never understand. I don't know. So, so we both got the Colts. I'm I'm the picking the Colts, win. but I think it's because of the fact that it's just that Indy is too hot right now. Yeah. All right. Next game. I'm not messing with that. Next game. Weird, too, because one team, the road team, has the better record. It's the Chargers and the Ravens. Chargers went 12-4, and did not win the division, and have to go on the road. Hey, fun fact. Remember that one draft prospect that everyone said would be better suited as a wide receiver and is now starting quarterback for – the AFC North champion Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. It's pretty good. I hate people. Yeah, I hate people too. Lamar Jackson has been fantastic for Baltimore in helping steady that ship. Mm-hmm. They have responded to him once he entered Lamar the Lamar Jackson has literally saved John Harbaugh's job. Yes. Has he been doing fantastic in the air? No, but you know what he has done? He has been a dual threat that – is exactly what Baltimore needs. And the Ravens have done a great job catering their offense to him and mm-hmm. his style. Mm-hmm. The Baltimore Ravens making it and shutting the door on the Pittsburgh Steelers, good for you. Good for them. Good for them. And you know what? After they had their hearts ripped out in Week 17, thanks, by the way, <laughs> they now make it back in again. Yep. And you know what? They're going to win. You think they're going to beat the Chargers? I think they beat the Chargers. I think L.A. is more talented, and therefore I think that they're going to be the team that wins it. The biggest thing for me... Also, John Harbaugh has kind of shown he's a little bit of a dink in the playoffs. But so have the Chargers. Yes, but Anthony That's Lynn... That's been a staple for them. I think Anthony Lynn might be a better coach than John Harbaugh at this point I can now. get behind that, and Rivers has been amazing this year. That's the thing. Phillip Rivers... Baltimore's defense is a problem, though. Baltimore's defense is a it is major. A it's the best de- it's the best defense going into the playoffs. Chicago's the only team with an argument for that. Yeah, and that's not and that's NFC. And they have Khalil Mack. Yeah, 
My wor- my thing is you Baltimore's might. defense is so playing so good right now, and they they're the best def- they're the best defense in the AFC. And if there's any team that can stop any high powered offense, it's them. That's true. And teams are gonna have such a hard time figuring out Lamar Jackson because he's just been so good for for them since he took over as the starter. I mean, what's what's the re- what's his record since taking over as a starter? Five and one, six and one. Yeah. He's the Baltimore's another team that's hot. That's just really hot going in. Yeah, I think the Chargers are going to have a hard time be, be able to stop him. And Lamar Jackson just has to be good enough and let the defense take care of the rest. And good enough is something I think, Lamar Jackson is. Yeah, and I'm not. I don't think this is going to be a high scoring game. I think this is a game. I think and that this, plays for the Ravens. And that's going to. Yeah, I think at most this. I think at most the high score I can, I can see this game being is like twenty eight twenty four. That's too much. I think I'm and taking that, I'm it. Saying Whatever the under is on this game, I'm taking it. I'm saying is that's the highest I could see it go. Yeah. I'm, pro- I'm not I'd, saying that's what it'll be. I'd probably end up taking I think the it's under more, in this game. I think it's more I think the game will more closely be resemblance of like Frank, a 21 Frank, what's the line on that game? Line is – let me get it right back up here. Got to open up the app. Because that would be an interesting little line there. You've, you've talked – Baltimore two – it's like Baltimore two and a half. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. As the charge – well, I mean the over-under line. Uh, forty-one and a half. Oh yeah, I'm taking the under. Yeah, I I, I think the game is more twenty close. to twenty to thirteen is your under. I'm thinking <laughs> yeah, like twenty. I'm thinking like the game's probably gonna go like twenty-one seventeen. You've talked me into it actually. I'm I initially went with the Chargers, but I think that go what you said is gonna it, it makes enough sense. The Ravens really are a team that they would thrive in this first weekend. The only team that they would legitimately have a problem with is well that Patrick Mahomes guy. Mm-hmm. And well, they'll deal with that later. Yeah, and they don't have to deal with it right away. All right. So but we both have Indy and Baltimore. Both have Indy. Both have Baltimore. And assuming, and if that happens, then the divisional round becomes Baltimore New England. Oh, Brady ain't looking right. No. And then the bad Indy, news is Indy Kansas City. The bad news is rookie quarterbacks have been. Bad against the Patriots this year. So if that happens, that's going to be an ugly game. Mm-hmm. And the ba- and the Patriots might have their way to fool mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, just how they fooled Sam Donald, just how they fooled Josh Allen. Yep. All right. So we might see the Patriots in the championship game again. Again. Yeah. All right. NFC wild card time. First first game we'll do Seattle and Dallas. <laughs> Boy, good for you, Seattle. You drew the Cowboys. <laughs> Don't mess this up. That is the best draw you can get. Do you think Seattle wins it? Yes, I think so too. I, there's not much deliberation for me here. I don't think that Dallas is a we, good playoff team. And we say that, and yet they were winning games. They were winning games. They did it with a lot of defense. But you know what Seattle's had from their season? a strangely revitalized mm-hmm. Seattle defense that lost a lot of its old players, but they're good and going. Yeah. Russell Wilson might be a top three quarterback in this league, and nobody gives him that due. Yeah, that's true. It's a shame. The way that, especially with how Brady has dropped off this year, Russell Wilson needs more respect. Put respect on his name because he deserves it, and he's probably doing more with less than anyone else right now. Yeah. That is my reason I'm taking Seattle. Russell Wilson alone is the big cog for everything here. Okay. If I have to go ahead and pick in a showdown here between two good defenses of Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott, 
I know Zeke Elliott's a problem. I know that that's an issue. But ball in his hands, minute 25 left in the fourth quarter, down by three. You're giving it to Wilson. I'm taking Wilson every time. Yeah. And that may come down to that, and I think it does. It may Wilson well. is your difference maker, Yeah, and he will. He's done this so many times in the playoffs. How many times has he broken the hearts of Green Bay Packers fans, for example? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Almost is he able to gets, do it against New England. He gets the job done. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's, that's another thing th- here, too. I was thinking that, too. All right, next game, Chicago and Philly. This does not bode well for Nick Foles. I think that the Bears, like we talked about with the Ravens defense, the Bears defense is just as terrifying. It has a top-end player in the pass rush in Khalil mm-hmm. Mack. But the Bears defense is not to be scoffed at as a unit. Eddie Jackson has been fantastic for the Bears mm-hmm. in his rookie season Yep, as a safety. You have... Roquan Smith, you have Leonard Floyd, you have a terrifying unit on the Packers defense that gets after you and gets the ball. The Eagles are so hot and cold, you can't trust them on a week-to-week basis. And that is where I think everything lays, especially with Nick Foles banged up. Carson Wentz is not coming back. They may have to play Nate Sudfeld, and that kid is not going to be ready for the Bears defense. They do. I'm taking the Bears every time there, and it's just because of the fact that Philly is so hot and cold this year. Yes, they made the playoffs, and it's a great testament for how their season has gone. Yeah. But with how banged up their secondary is and has been all year, Mitch Trubisky can have a good enough day against Philadelphia's defense that Chicago can lock this thing down and put it away. Yeah. So I'm taking the Bears there. I think we're in agreement on all these picks. We are. Which means that we might get swept. <laughs> We're probably going to be wrong on one of them. No, we're probably going to be wrong on at least two of them. You've seen probably. our track record all year. Yeah. But I'm at least trying to use reasoning behind all this. I'm not using this. There's I'm good. Not, you have good reasoning. I'm not picking on emotion here. The Cowboys game, maybe, but that's it. And the main reason, though, I'm picking Seattle is because Russell Wilson is a low-key MVP player every year Yeah. for Seattle. Yeah. And I do believe they beat the Cowboys earlier this year. That was in Seattle, but still. I think you're right. That's right, because uh, Earl Thomas played against him while he was healthy. Oh, yeah. yeah, And he he had a day. Yeah. He had a day against that team. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, he broke a bone and flipped off his bench. Well, they still made the playoffs, so it don't matter. They made the playoffs. They were going downhill like everyone said they were. They might be the most complete team in the NFC in the wild card round. Yeah. I think they very they, well. Yeah. They might be. The Bears, obviously, you know, with, with them being able to threaten for the two seed, but Seattle's easily the second best in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Easily. Mm-hmm. And you can say that they might challenge for the best team in the opening weekend in the NFC. Yeah. They've done it before. They know how to get it done in the postseason. That's why I would take them over Dallas every time. Yeah. All right, so there it is. One, two, three, four, just like that. Yep, four games. Let's get it. Let's get Saturday. it. Saturday it starts. Yep. Frank? And some fun programming notes. Saturday's wild card games, which is Indy, Houston, and Seattle, Dallas, will be broadcasted on WBEN News Radio 930. That means there's a Sabres game Saturday. 
Oh yeah. And uh, I think UB too. Play on they play on Saturday. That's why. So yeah, you've got UB. Because uh, it was the Sabres. same. Th- it was the same thing last Saturday because I brought because I played uh, on my Saturday shift. Yes. I played college football. That's right. The semifinal games. College football playoff, by the way. Good games. I, I enjoyed them because I enjoy Notre Dame losing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just despite you know my best friend who's a big Notre Dame fan. And I hate Notre Although, Dame. Although, let's be real, let's be real Oklahoma, Alabama, that was a good game. It ended up a good game. It yeah. was not looking good pretty right away. Kyler Murray willed that team. Back to a game. Back to the game, yeah. Like, he willed them back into a football game. They yeah. still lost by 11, though. Yeah. That just shows you how terrifying Alabama is, and they're still the golden state of college football, and I want them to go away permanently, and that's not going to happen. My best bet is Clemson, who just showed Notre Dame that they were right to be questioned. Mm-hmm. In the college football playoff, yep. despite being unbeaten. Yep. Trevor wow. Lawrence, by the way, he looks like a stud. He's a freshman. Freshman. 19-year-old freshman, I believe. Mm-hmm. So that would mean, what, like two years? So he's probably redshirt freshman. Yeah. So, mother of God, though. When he could, when he... Oh. And that Notre Dame defense is respectable. Yeah. And they embarrassed him. Yeah. That game started off 3-3. Three to three. Yeah, it did. And 27 unanswered points. I know. Mercy. Yeah. But now Clemson's back there with Alabama again after the two teams played in the semifinal round last year. And then the last two college football championships. They split. They split them. I have no idea who will win this game. And it's still a little while away, so we can wait to talk about that. But the unfortunate part about this is for those that want an eight-team playoff. This was not a good weekend for you if you like that. Because three and four got embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And that just means that if you put an eight-team playoff out there, that means that Alabama and Clemson are just going to have to stomp two more teams to get through to what they're actually going to do. Yeah. So if you like an eight-team college football playoff, and I like the notion of it. I think it, I think it would work. I think a six-team would work. I think so. I think maybe you go with that first yes. before and then you, you would start, go to eighteen, and then you start the first round of that in the opening of the college bowl season. Yeah, really get some hype in the college bowl season. Yeah, and then second game right about now, where the where the four teams played originally. Yep, and then the final game where it's supposed to be played. Yeah, and when it's supposed to be played. I can't get behind that. But this was not a good weekend for those that wanted more teams. Yeah, when three and four get embarrassed like that. It kind of it almost makes you as go as much as we. It love, almost makes you go. Maybe the BCS was right, and I hate the BCS. Oh yeah, I uh, hated them with a burning passion. You know, everyone. We all talk about how we want UCF in there because undefeated years, last couple of years. Mm-hmm. If they are in there, if they're in that. They would have played Bama as a four. Yeah, probably. Notre Dame got embarrassed by Clemson. Yeah. I don't want to know what would happen to UCF, especially, especially because their they don't have their yeah they don't have their QB. Yeah, uh, it just it's not a good day if you're a UCF fan or if you're a person that wanted six teams or eight teams. Not a good weekend for you. Yeah. All right, so Frank, it's New Year's Eve. It is New you know Year's what, Eve. You know what tomorrow is? Yay! It's next year. Great. Not what I was going with there, but... Tomorrow's a... 
January 1st, it's yes, 2019. Yes, and what's on, the, what's on January 1st every year? Winter Classic. There you go. I know. I was getting to that. I, I just you, you, you clearly went on an angle that I did not <laughs> expect you to. It's next year. Yay. <laughs> well, here's a... Here's your on the record that Frank R. Carey does not like New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. I, I guess. don't care for the hype of it. I got yeah. I mean, I get it. It's not, it's not my kind of thing either. I mean, it's just another day. Yeah, especially when I have to work the next day. Exactly, I have to work it too. All right, so I'll see you in the building tomorrow. Yep. Um <laughs> No, it just, I went, I went with the Winter Classic thing. It's not this year's that is going to make me talk the most here. This year's, it's in Notre Dame and it's Chicago, Boston. Yay. Yay, Chicago, Boston. Whitewash there because uh, the, Bru- the Bruins should just stomp all over the Blackhawks. Unless Chicago decides to give us a little bit of help there. That'd be nice. Ding. We'll talk about the Sabres in a moment, but there's something I want to riff on. They announced the expected host for next year's, 2020. It's in Dallas. Okay. A couple of things here. NHL, thank you for adding another page on the why I hate Gary Bettman and the NHL and how it's run. Um, what am I calling this? Novel? Tell-all? Encyclopedia? Laundry list? Scroll. I've got it on a scroll. Okay. It's a really <laughs> long scroll. It's a really long scroll. It's got length. One might say when you unroll it, it'll never stop unrolling. Yes. It's 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 a fruit by the foot, <laughs> except much much larger, <laughs> and I don't get to eat it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, but anyway, Dallas, Dallas. Okay, when I think of Winter Classic, I think of a place like a Notre Dame, an iconic place like that. What iconic stadium are you giving me in Dallas, Texas, for the Winter Classic? Cowboy Stadium. Ew. Yeah. It's an indoor stadium that ha- yes has a retractable roof, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And do you want it- the Texas sun beating down on you when you're playing hockey? No, no. Get you might as here. well just play it the Stars Arena. Yes, and it's this is the only the- difference. The only difference in that game is that more people are going to be there. Yeah, congrats. Great. This is one of the dumbest things I've ever think that the NHL could have even thought of, and they've done things. We talked about this earlier. We were talking about this, this before we started. This is a big threshold, large threshold for how stupid the NHL is. This could be right on the top of that list. And that threshold, as we've mentioned, is vast. They have done stupid, stupid, stupid things many a time. And this is right on par with all of them. The Winter Classic is something where I want snow. It's an outdoor game and it needs to be snowing out. When you're a kid in the or parking just lot, in, <laughs> or just there has to be snow on the ground. When you're a, a kid. lot of it. Okay, let's look at last year. The Bills hosted the World Juniors, a, an exhibition game, a round robin game, yeah. I should say, in the World Juniors. Yep. Between Canada and USA, I went to that game. That was a great game. It was an awesome thing. Yeah. An experience like no other. You want to know why? It was literally a snow globe. Yep. There Unless- was no wind. There was a bunch of snow, and it was the elements outside, and it was stupid awesome. I bought a Billsy. Everyone laughed at me. Yeah, you did. <laughs> but the main point was 
it was an experience unlike any other that I would love for anyone to have in their lifetime. Because when you're a kid playing in your driveway in winter and the snow is falling mm-hmm. and you're pretending you're in the NHL like every kid does, mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about Dallas, Texas and the Texas sun beating over my head. Yeah. This is more of Gary Bettman trying to go ahead and say, we're in the South and it's working, I swear. You don't need to do this to do it. Weird flex, but okay. You know how you worked it? Vegas is winning. Mm-hmm. Tampa is on another scale. Yeah. Dallas's owner called out their captain and second best player. Nashville's good. Nashville's amazing. Kings and you Ducks have both won, won cups. Yes, like... It's worked. You don't yeah. need to flex the Winter Classic into this. Leave it out of there. You know what would be cool? Put a game in Minnesota. Have they done that yet? No. What is wrong with them? The state of hockey. Have they? I don't actually know. I don't think they. Wait, they did once, I think. Doesn't matter. They should be more. I would. I think they did stadium series. They might have done a stadium series there. Actually, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna double check. Look it up. Yeah. Make sure and double check this. But I think that they haven't played an official Winter Classic with the Minnesota Wild. And yes, I know the Minnesota Wild aren't one of those historic franchises. But what are the Dallas Stars? A team that won a cup because someone was in the crease. <laughs> Other than that, what have they done? Yeah, Minnesota's never hosted. And the Dallas Stars are gonna get one before the state of hockey. Yeah. This is by far one of the stupidest things I've heard from the NHL. And again, that threshold is vast. I cannot believe this. It's one of the dumbest things I could ever think of. We can mention several iconic places in the North that, with other teams, you could still go ahead and have something like this. Has it been played out with the Metropolitan Conference? I mean, Metropolitan Division, yes. But you have Western Conference teams that play up north. You can do something about this. And yet you go ahead and just... uh, This is one of the dumbest things that they have done. Period. But if it is the Dallas Stars, Frank, and it's in Dallas, Texas, and as cringeworthy as it is, it still might be the strong possibility of happening. It's going to happen. So therefore, like it's it's all but official. So therefore, NHL, you better make the best of this. Yep. And there are only do it, a couple. Yeah, do it right. You've, there are only a couple of ways you can. One, fake snow machine on top of Jerry World. <laughs> not kidding. <laughs> that would actually. I'm not be, kidding. That would actually. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Fake snow. Fake snow machine. Two, there better be a retro jersey. I don't want the Dallas Stars playing in my Winter Classic right now. I want a team that the Dallas Stars used to be. Yeah. If you give me the Minnesota North Stars jerseys, I'm doing backflips. Shut up and take my money. If you give me the California Golden Seals. That is what I want to see. I'll more. take it. I want to see that more than that the That would North be Stars. pretty fresh, actually. See some teal on the ice? Yeah. 
Now, I think best – we talked about this before we started recording. I think best case scenario for the NHL to make the most out of this, Dallas plays the Wild. Okay. <gasps> Ooh. Yo, and hang the on. the Wild. Hang on. Hang on. Before what? you get your idea. Yeah. I just thought of one here with the Stars and the Wild. What's that? Both of them have North Stars jerseys. Oh, God. <laughs> one gets green. One gets white. And you both lay claim to the Minnesota North Stars because one plays in Minnesota and the other is the Stars' original franchise, the North Stars. Both of them get it, and it's an inter-squad scrimmage. Because you want to know what? It's that's, that's how much of a freaking farce this is in Dallas, Texas. That is true. Okay, what was your idea? Dallas wears the Golden, the golden Seals jerseys. Mm-hmm. Whichever ones so that they Golden want. So Golden Steels versus North Stars? Minnesota wears the North Stars jerseys. I'm for it. I'm for it. I like it. More more so just because it's it'd be really weird to see watch the Dallas Stars play and the wearing the Minnesota North Stars jerseys. I know that's but what the if same they franchise. Also play the Minnesota North Stars. Stop. Okay, stop. This it's still the second stupidest thing to the NHL Winter Classic being in Dallas. I know. It is. All right, so Minnesota's on this list of teams we would want to see. And I think because Minnesota has a team. If Minis- if the Wild never existed, then the Dallas wearing the Minnesota North Star jersey, I have no problem with it. Just like it's weird seeing Carolina wear the Hartford Whalers jerseys, but they're the same franchise, so I can live with it. I thought it was cool that they did it. It's cool. I mean, it's cool, like, especially because like, what they've been doing this year overall. You know, especially with, like all the stuff that they do after games, especially when they yeah. win, it's cool what they do. I'm, I can say I could live with it. It's fine. They're the same franchise. They still own the rights. The Coyotes did it before the Jets came back. They had they wore the Jets jerseys, and Colorado realistically can do that with the Nordiques. Yes. Okay. But so, hang on. But I'm saying is. Dallas wearing the Minnesota North Stars jerseys with Minnesota having a team again just seems weird. Even though they're the same franchise. It's like the Coyotes wearing the Jets jerseys again. Now, yeah. yeah. Okay, I can like, see that. Because remember, when Winnipeg did the Heritage Classic a couple, uh, like last year, two years ago, they, they wore the old school Winnipeg They used jerseys. the old school. Like I, I'm pretty sure it was old school jerseys. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, you, you don't even have to be pretty sure. They were, and they were fresh. They were fresh. Um, okay, so the Minnesota Wild are clearly one of the favorites for who the opponent should be as a central division foe. Other teams could be the Jets wearing Jets jerseys. Yep. You could have a, you could have a lot of fun with Retro Night with this game. As I just mentioned, Colorado. Colorado with Wearing Quebec, yeah. The Nashville Predators would be nice. I think Predators would be cool, especially with the team being really good. Or it's on NBC, so how about the Chicago Blackhawks? You can tell how much I'm not liking that idea and how much I wanted to make fun of it with that voice. I was also banging my head against the mic. Thanks. I think the mic taps on your uh, on your podcast, if they didn't hear, you had to clarify it for them. I don't want to see it happen, I will but yet you. I would I not put it past a, the NHL for them to do I it. I might bet you a dollar. I'll put that dollar on All it. All right. 
I don't want it We're to happen. We're betting a dollar. I'm not, I don't want it to happen, but it's just peak NHL because they're putting the Winter Classic in Dallas. Should we talk about the Sabres to make me feel better or worse? I will, I will say this. I don't think it'll happen with Chicago because they have bad. Well, they also have not, they've because also never bad? put Chicago in back to back years in the Winter Classic, and I doubt they will actually do it well also because they're bad that too well yeah very bad all right let's talk, let's finish this off with the sabers they play against the islanders to close out 2018 yep the islanders have closed within four gulp i find it weird that the islanders are like kind of good They've been up near the top of the Metropolitan all year, actually. So they, like the Sabres, got off to a strong start. I know. It's just when and they've look... used it and take, taken advantage of it. Yeah. And it, it's similar to how this, you know. The Islanders not... did the same thing the Sabres did. They racked up points early, and they're going to continue to try to hold on and surge back into this. The only difference is that the Sabres are on a playoff spot if the season ended today, whereas the Islanders are sitting on the outside looking in. Both of these teams have something similar to them. Yeah. They are young teams with a bit of a roster overhaul and have had strong starts to the season looking to take advantage of stashing some points in the standings. Islanders don't even feel like that young of a team. Well, their core is young. I mean, you've got Bovillier, you've got Barzal. Oh, yeah, those are their young guys. Like, they have stars. Yeah, Barzell's legit. Yes. He's the real he's the real deal. But Bolivier looks like a solid player. But really, I mean, then you got Josh Bailey who's having another really good year. Brock Nelson's having a good year. Andres Lee's having a really good year. And now you know They're they're middle of the pack of the core on that team. They're second, they're third line. Well, they'll make the Sabres envious. That's for one thing. Yeah. They have I, secondary. But the real testament score. to the Islanders really has they're there where they are because of their goaltending. Which is which a cynical Sabres fan will go, wait, Robin Leonard's there. Yep. But Leonard needed a change of scenery. He has a nine twenty six save percentage. And they're facing him tonight. Yeah. And look, I know that the man was Proper. traded for a first-round pick, but the man went through some trials and tribulations. You don't need to boo him every time. You don't need to give him the Cal Peterson oh, they're treatment. Gonna boo him. They're going to boo him. They're going to boo him. But now the Because you know what? You've got Because you got Sarah fans who are like, oh, well, why, why couldn't he do this in Buffalo? Huh. Look, if we get to a shootout, I'll feel better about this. <laughs> That's true. But until then, Leonard stole games for the Sabres. He did. His first year here was fantastic. By comparison. Second year, not so much. No, second year he was good. Oh, second year was good. It was First year he was injured. Yeah, that's right. The third year was the not so much. Third year was last year, and that was bad. Yeah. But a couple years back, he and Chad Johnson were one of the best tandems in the league. Was it Johnson? No, league? Johnson was the first one. And then it was uh, Nielsen. Anders Nielsen, that's right. <laughs> but they were playing above average. Yeah, they were. Yeah, no. And the um, Sabres, until like around February or so, were th- floating around the I'm, playoff conversation. I'm happy to see that Leonard's at least got his life back on track and everything, and he's As starting a to play being, like— How do you not? Yeah, and he's 
playing like how he did that a couple years ago. The Owls have also fixed it's up really... some of their terrible defensive woes. Last year, their goaltending was bad, but their defense was one of the reasons why. Yeah. They've fixed that a bit. But now enough about the Islanders. I credit, I credit the Islanders' goaltending to their coach. Yes. Goaltending coach Mitch Korn. Ready? Came with them with uh, Trotz. Now, the Barry biggest... Trotz also there, so that really helps their defense yeah, out. Oh, yeah, that's true. A guy who can put structure into your group. Mm-hmm. All right. The Sabres. They're worrying me. Eyebr- My eyebrows up. How's that? I'm not worried, but I'm definitely going, uh... They're like, I'm not worried. Hmm. I'm just, they're worrying. Yes. And a lot of fans are getting to the I'm point I'm more of, worried than you are. We'll go with, let's say yes. with that. Okay. Yes, we can establish that. But I'm not as worried as a lot of the fan base is. Yes. And I mean, there's a reason teams have oh, caught yeah. up to the Sabres, but it's not like the Sabres have been playing necessarily They're not playing bad. bad hockey. They're still in games. It's just they're not, now they're not getting a lot of the bounces going their way. Yeah, like their last 10 games, I'm not sure the record on that, but they're not a sub- they're not, like, terrible. 4-4-2. Four, four yeah, they're not sub-500. They're getting points in just about half their games there. That's That equates to a 5-5 five and five record. But now you've got teams that are above and behind them that are still doing better. Yes. In their and last thing. Like, Tampa, like we, we talk about how dangerous, how much Tampa is just so good. 9-0-1 in their last 10 games. Toronto, 6-3-1 in their last 10 games. Boston and Montreal, both 6-4. Yeah. And you got Washington eight and two, Columbus six three and one, Pittsburgh's eight and two in their last ten. And then the Islanders who they play tonight, seven two and one. Yeah. So a lot of teams are on a better pace right now. But if the Sabres can get back on track, all this can be for naught. Yeah. Because let's be real, we saw in a last ten column the Sabres were ten O and O. Yeah. At one point. Yep. <laughs> then they lost the five they had the five game losing streak. And then they won three of four, and we thought, okay, they're starting to get back on track. But now, they lost four or five. But have they been collecting points in those? But a lot of a couple them... of times, yes. Yeah. Yes, it hurt to give up a three point game to the Boston Bruins. But it was important you got a point out of it as well. I'm worried about one thing. The secondary scoring is clearly not here, and it's going to be a problem throughout the rest of the season unless a move is made. However, they're finally not doing nothing about it. They called up C.J. Smith. So there's, they're looking into different options now. And he is playing tonight. Yes. Jack Uckle might not, which means I'm a little Game worried, time decision, yeah, so we'll see what happens. But then you'd see a line probably game, what? Who's, who's Game time decision would probably indicate to me he is still playing unless something bad like happens. Who's your first line center in case he's out? Middle step. I mean, he'd be playing with Skinner and Reinhardt. Yeah. But Casey Middlestat has shown that he is not ready for the big time yet. That's unfortunate. But but you got to make do. You got to make do with what you have. Yeah. And you need partners yep. to be able to make a trade. And right now, I don't think a lot of teams are doing that. The only team that might be drunk enough to dial you about Ryan Nugent Hopkins would be Peter Shirelli. And we could save jokes for that for a later day because we're already running here. Um, look, you need more production from your forwards. You're getting scoring from your first line, your fourth line sometimes, and mm-hmm. your defense. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. The second and third lines have been ghosts yeah. for the most part here. And 
And it's not like they're playing bad. They're playing good. They're just the puck's not going in the net. You got to finish. There's there's yeah. enough excuses at that point. I I'm not I'm not going to go Stars CEO and go wah wah that you're hitting posts or not finishing. At, at this point, they need to find a way to add a finisher. Yes, on into in in there somewhere. And maybe C.J. Smith can help you with that. He might be. We don't. We don't we even don't know, know where he's playing yet. We don't. Yeah, we don't know what the lines are going to look like because we still don't know if Michael's playing. That's going to really be a deter. Determine of what's going to happen tonight. Are game time. Yep. But I'm not going to go ahead and say that the Sabres are sunk here. Has Carter Hutton been a bit of a... He's starting to look more like... Carter Hutton. Yeah, what he, what he is. A backup. Yes. But that said, outside of a couple of goals that you'd want back based on giveaways behind the net, I haven't really seen a Carter Hutton that is revolting. I would like to see a little bit more of Linus Allmark, but at the same time, I'm not going to go ahead and question what is going on here. It's not like Hutton has been playing so bad that you're out of games. Yeah. You're in them. He's the problem in, is he's keeping them in games. The dude's not going to be able to do anything if you're not scoring on other lines. Yeah. So you got to get it together. And if they can, everything else works. Put some more pucks in the net and everything will be fine. It's about finishing at this point. They have players. They have guys that can do this. I just think that it's about getting a couple of goals from these guys that are so snake-bitten right now. That might be the difference. Mm-hmm. Like, they need to score on an actual Like, everyone's like, oh, maybe that empty netter for Connor Sherry might help him break out. I mean, he didn't really have to beat anyone there. He just shoveled a puck at a net. Once these players start beating goaltenders again, then there might be some confidence there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But right now they're gripping the stick a little too tight because that's what happens. Because you're pressing. Because you want to get in there. You want to make a difference. You want to score goals. I'm not worried yet. If they fall out of a playoff spot, then I'm worried. But you want to know what will happen if they fall out of the playoff spot? They're still in the race for a playoff spot. The trade deadline's going to be interesting. You might have a chance to go ahead and get something and it, not give still, up a first for it. It still makes it more interesting. It makes it more interesting, especially for where they are. Are they going to sacrifice everything for a playoff push? No. no. But you know who else did something? Getting a player but didn't sacrifice everything for a playoff push? Toronto. They traded for Brian Boyle. That didn't cost them a first. Yeah, and that's I think that's that's a little bit different because well, what I'm saying is Boyle, well, Boyle was still just a rental for them. I know, but they didn't. Pay and yeah, they 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 gave up a prospect and a second round pick, but for the Sabres, a fourth line center. But the Sabers could do something, is what I'm saying, at the deadline that won't require a first round pick in order to do it. And if they're in striking distance, I think if they ha- I think if they make a tra- if they make a trade. In that kind of capacity, they have to give up a first. Because they don't have a second. I think that there's ways around it for them. Oh, sure. You know, it depends on players and everything. uh, Yeah. Like, there's ways around this. Oh, I know. I know there are. I know there are. But we're talking about them needing to add something to the middle six of their lineup. Toronto gave up a prospect and second-round pick in multiple years for a fourth-line center. 
It's going to cost a first-round pick to get a guy to help your middle six. Does it? Because the market's different every year. Marcus, it, and it, but and I think too it also depends on the position. Are they going to get? A, are they going for a winger or a center? If they go for a center, it's going to cost a first. If they go for a winger, may not. We'll see what happens. Because like when, when, when you talked about Toronto, Boyle, and then last year they traded for Thomas Pekanich, they're centers. Exactly. There centers be, cost more. There might be more of a price there, yeah. But it's not like the wingers are doing anything good either right now, scoring-wise. Yeah. So, and I think, but I think, too, any sort of a top-nine forward is in play. I think so. I think the need should be more at center. Of course. But if you can get a winger at the cheaper rate, say like a third-round pick for a rental winger, snag it. Yeah. I just don't see Sabres going down that route, though. You might not, but at the same time. Then again, things can change. At the same time, the trade deadline has always had surprises. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But right now. Like, I would. I'll tell you this. I know Shirelli has a habit of doing dumb things. I have no problem but giving. Dial Edmonton. Sure. Like, I have no problem them making a call for Nugent Hopkins. I'd give up a first for that. I would give up a first for Nugent. For Nugent, yeah. That's it? Help Maybe me. you give up a roster player like. I don't know, Evan Rodriguez? Remy Ellie. That actually... You you were going to say stop, but you know that me joking is not that bad because it's Peter Shirelli. Yeah. All right. Sabres take on the Islanders tonight. Florida on Thursday. You need a win tonight because I can't bank on them beating the Panthers. Yep. They haven't, they haven't beaten the Panthers in like eight straight games now or something ridiculous. I don't know why they're the new Thrashers. That's another strange kryptonite. But anyway, this is the part of the podcast where, hey, man, it's the last one of 2018. Nice little thing we had going on here this year. Yeah. We thank you for listening and engaging and, you know, I'll hear a random person every now and then say, hey, nice job with the podcast or something like that. And it, and trust me, I don't know who listens to it. I don't know how many people listen to it, but I know this, that you are listening. Thank you from the bottom of my heart and the bottom of the black hole in Frank's heart. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to obviously keep this thing going. And thank you. To Alan Davis, our program director, for allowing us to be able to spit our stupid drivel twice a week. And I couldn't be happier to keep doing it. With my buddy. Yay. We'll keep this thing going. We'll keep it fresh. We're going to make sure that you know we can get a little Hope more on the guest do. train, too. Hope we can do more with this, too, next year. Is that a promise? Maybe. Or an inquisition? Hoping. I'm saying, like, I'm hoping that we can do more with this podcast next year. Be able to build and build up more of what we what we have here. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got we got Potathon too That's coming right. up in April. That's right. We're gonna be there for that. There's a lot to do. We'll try to make sure that the guests stay uh, fresh. Guests stay a little more on the on the schedule as well. Mm-hmm. But, hey, man, 
Yeah, especially with draft season, we can have plenty of draft people draft coming season, on. Draft season, hockey. Yep. Everything going on. You know we'll be hearing. And you know we'll be talking with others. Not just ourselves, not just so that you can listen to us. But thank you for listening. Have a happy New Year's Eve, even though Frank doesn't believe in it. Neither do you. I don't want to hear it. I'm not as much of a cynic as you are about it. Of course I was a cynic. I mean, you, you immediately went off on it. <laughs> I would say I'll go so. off on any holiday if I wanted to. That's true, but still. Yeah, holiday cynic. Am I wrong? No. Okay. Stay safe out there if you're out and about tonight. I will never say this, see you next year, because that is stupid. And if you say yeah. it, I should be allowed to kick you in the shin and run away without any problems. It's a dumb joke. It's a dumb joke, and I think it's dumb. And again, I should be able to kick you in the shin if you say it. Not you personally, you know what I mean. So or, if you say, those... or if you say it, I'm going to get up out of my chair and kick you in the shin. It's one of it's just one of those really bad dad jokes. It's a bad dad joke. No, it's a really bad dad joke. All right. Thank you for listening. Have yourself a happy new year. We'll be back on the other side of it for Friday. Get it ready. Get it going. Couple Sabres games. Couple Sabres games. We'll dive into the Bills offseason as it starts. Yep. More football stuff. More football stuff, and you better bet we're going. Thanks as always. This is the Leftover Podcast. Derek Kramer. Frank R. Curry. And you know as they say, watch them balls drop. Wait.